It is a truth universally acknowledged that teenagers can be stubborn little shit sometimes and rarely like to do things they don't want to do. My mum begged me not to do it because she, um, she's a hairdresser and who like one of her clients was like a partner of a chef and she's like, Dermot, do not do it. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it. So when I heard that Dermy Goodwin began his kitchen career at the age of 15 by handwriting letters to different chefs around Belfast, I thought, geez, this man was born a grafter. Inspired at an early age. I remember watching like, you know, Saturday night you sit in your family and you watch it. We watched the F word. And I just remember watching it like, there is something chaotic that I love about that. He learned on the job in Ireland and continued his passion in London at Cafe Murano under Angela Hartnett. Moving somewhere new can be really overwhelming. When I moved here, I didn't really, I didn't know Dickie Bird, I didn't know anyone. But working 50 hour weeks or more with random strangers really draws you closer. The camaraderie of kitchens is next to none. Like, next to none. I found kitchens actually to be quite healing. Despite hospitality having a fabulously eclectic mix of people, there used to be a very stereotypical depiction of what a chef should be. How do you find that? 100%. Oh, how long you got? (laughs) (laughs) Identifying as queer, Dermy took time to present his authentic self at work. I hid, I hid it for years. Like I hid my sexuality and myself in kitchens for years and I kind of played the part. But how can you hide something when you're working 16-hour shifts in a new city? It got very jarring. It got, it got quite confusing for me because I spent so much time in the kitchen. You kind of live in this kind of double life a bit. Dermy is part of the London food scene, which is redefining the kitchen team. When I decided just to be like openly queer in kitchens is when I really found my true power. He currently works as head chef at Sager and Wild in Bethnal Green whilst juggling his pop-up company close ties. His menus are fun and exciting. I love using gay vegetables. Do you know, like really colourful? Gay vegetables. Like really colourful radishes and like really like wonky veg. Now that's enough of me rabbiting. I'm Stella and I'm gonna take you out for dinner. Where did you first begin, begin? in kitchens? Um I began back in Belfast. I started when I was about 15. Um, I always knew I didn't want to do uni, just wasn't for me. I wanted to, academically, not really smart, but like street smart. I've, like, I've always been very active and I just was like, no, I need to do something with like my hands. And I did want to be a plumber, randomly. Um, yeah. Glad I didn't do that. <laughs> but um, I remember watching like, you know, Saturday night, you sit in your family and you watch it. Like, we watch the F word. Like going around and I just remember watching it being like there is something chaotic that I love about that and I decided to go down the kitchen route but my mum was like you need, my mum begged me not to do it because she um she's a hairdresser and who like one of her clients was like a partner of a chef and she's like Dermot do not do it and I was like no I'm gonna do it so I ended up writing like handwritten letters to a lot of restaurants in Belfast to see if oh, anyone wow. would take me would take me on I'm like only one of them got back to me. It was a restaurant called Nick's Warehouse, which is like quite well known back in Belfast. So I went in there and prepped for like six, seven months and then like got on a bit of service and loved it. Um, then I decided to move to London to try play with the big boys. Um, plan was obviously a year. Um, but as soon as I got over here, I got a trial for Angela Hartnett in her Cafe Murano. Oh, amazing. Um, so I ended up working with Angela for about seven years. Um, Started off in her cafe Murano as literally a little tiddlywink, like absolutely like tiny, didn't really know what I was doing. But went on to like be a chef to party there and then I moved to the Murano, the one star. Um 
then I left for a bit. So I was like four years with Angela there. And then went to work for Bruno Le Bay, a grain store. Um, and then I went back to Angela as junior Sue of Cafe Murano, Covent Garden, no, St. James. And then went over as Sue, Covent Garden, and then helped open up Bermondsey, Co- uh, Cafe Murano. And then that was seven years. I was like, I need to move on. Yeah. And then Trullo, and then here. So mainly, like, I mean, mainly was with Angela for about, yeah, six, about seven, eight years. And that's where I kind of really got my teeth into hospitality, kitchen culture, produce, seasonality, and um, my love for Mediterranean cooking, really. Because for <coughs> me, I'm not a chef. How, how does it work when you first go into... So when you got the trial shift mm-hmm. at the first job in London, what kind of things do they ask you? What do you come in? Oh, do you wear your stuff? Do you, you kind of... I mean, for me, I was terrified. I, I, I've always been terrified of trial shifts. I don't know why, especially when I was really younger. I used to be so scared, and I, like, I know chefs that would just walk in, and be like, trial shift, blah blah. blah. But I used to always be so terrified. Cause yeah. So you're going into someone else's home, nearly, and people have their ways, and then you think you know something, but people do it completely different. So you kind of, you kind of go in, you get changed, and then you're usually dumped off with someone, someone kind of like someone in charge of a section. And they just give you a few jobs and like my tactics are always just be quiet, don't ask any questions and just prep and that kind of like kinda of worked for me to be honest with you. And then also as you get more confident, like and you grow up the ranks in kitchens, you can kind of, you know, be a bit more confident in trial shifts. But like yeah, when you're starting out I find it such a terrifying process. I think that's why I stayed with Angela for so long. Mm. Because I was bit traumatic. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was just like I am happy here. She's great, you know, there's lots of room to move in the company. I don't really want to go around and move in the other people's kitchens and anything like that. Um, what kind of food was it when you started there and what has that progressed to now? Because obviously you're head chef here. Yeah. How did did you come here knowing that you had to subscribe to a certain cooking style or did you take I kind of um when I was back home I was working in a restaurant which is very like just British food but um I kind of thought it was high end. But when I got here, I realised it wasn't super high end, and that was kind of the plan. I was like, "Look, let's go work somewhere really big and maybe somewhat like a good name in London." And I didn't really know what I expected. And um, my first six to eight months, I found it really, really tough because I didn't really know what I was doing. But I knew I wanted to kind of really work on my craft and like kind yeah, just work with the best and learn with the best. Um, and I say the main thing that I learned coming over here in kitchens was, especially with Angela, was like seasonality. Um, I I don't know why, but I always fell into Mediterranean style kitchens. I just think that there's, I just have a love for the simplicity and like the love of ingredients that Mediterraneans and Italian people especially have, you know? Um, so kind of once I learned that in Angela's and I saw her kind of, as something she really drummed into people, I really stuck with that. Um, so yeah, obviously, obviously, food I, I do is still quite Mediterranean. But I like to do kind of my own modern twist on it. But I've always leaned toward the Mediterranean style of food and like yeah, simplicity of it. Okay. So when you first started in hospitality, was there kind of obviously you loved the food, you were kind of enraptured with that kind of aspect. But was there a certain social side of this of this industry that made you really love working in it? Yeah. Do you know what? The camaraderie of kitchens is next to none. Like, next to none. And especially 
when I moved here, I didn't really, I didn't know Dickie Bird. I didn't know anyone. So I found kitchens actually to be quite healing in that kind of point in my life. Didn't know anyone in London. I was obviously working a lot. It was quite stressful. I didn't really know what I was doing. But I was with my team. And like, if I was in the shit, they would help me out. And I was learning. Anytime I was off, I would just kind of walk around. And like, until you kind of meet your friends and stuff like that. So like, I think kitchens when you have a real unit and a family sense in a kitchen it can be really magical and it's something that I've always I'll die on that hill that's what I love about kitchens and hospitality in general like you also have such a mix of people from so many different like places of the world your KPs your front of house your back of house like you're just exposed to such culture and I think that's bloody amazing you know what I mean Um, so yeah yeah, that makes sense. But one thing that I've found is that when you have this, like, loads of different cultures, I can imagine as a someone in a management position, is that difficult to sometimes people have oh, arguments? Can be. To people, yeah. yeah, it can be. Um, and was that something that you found that you had to kind of learn different methods to solve those problems? Um, yes, I think becoming a manager of kitchens and hospitality I find for the first couple of years very very tough more so as well you kind of have to get rid of your imposter syndrome a bit and kind of step up to the plate and be like yeah. okay these people because obviously like, when you first get into managerial roles my first like junior sue role or whatever you're a bit like oh my god this is daunting this big task and you kind of start telling people what to do and stuff and finding your voice can be quite hard and I think that when there's so many obviously different people and there's like there's people in the kitchen from all from everywhere different age groups you know there's can be a lot of tension especially when on busy nights you know and trying to diffuse that a lot of the time i find quite tough but you just kind of put your big boy charges on and be like all right guys this is my job within the day to do it but i like to think i have quite calming energy you know what i mean i don't i don't have any room or time in my kitchens for any like egos or anything like that it's just like our anger no bullshit no bullshit like (laughs) do you know like this is what i love about here like i feel like i just cook with my friends you know what i mean like i just want our job's hard enough you know you know what i mean we don't need to make it harder um all these horror stories you hear in kitchens like i just think there's no need for it like come i get the tunes on at 10 a.m we have good fun obviously when it's time to like really get to it we do it but yeah i just i want to create an environment where people can feel safe and also like cooking is our talent our our passion and see when you're under so much stress and like you your tensions are high you can't you can't really express that properly in a really high tense environment so i think if, if everything's calm you've got good crack in the kitchen i think it's, you just cook better yeah i agree i think that yeah places that i've worked you you just have to relax and trust your team that's yes. such a big thing if if you don't trust you're just going to be nervous and feel like you have to have eyes on everything at all times and you just can't do that yeah exactly and yeah the thing is if my team are in a good mood and are happy that makes my job 10 times easier like i don't understand this is when i was in kitchens younger like making your chefs suffer in a way you know what i mean or if they're late or if this or that like it just makes your day go shit because if you put them under pressure you're not going to get the best from them and it's like 
it's counterproductive. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. it's completely con- counterproductive. You should treat people with, re- with respect. You need to... Also, each person needs to be managed differently. You can't manage every single person the same way. Some people like an arm around the shoulder and some people like a little shove. Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone's different and you have to really get to know people and understand what is the best way for them to develop under your care at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. for their... It's really important as head chef or senior chef to nurture the younger chef's creativity as well I think so many times in kitchens like a lot of people can just become robots and are cooking the head chef's food and I think no matter what position you are in the kitchen you've got something to offer and you should really like try exercise your young chefs your commie chefs um, creativity it helps them feel like seen and part of the team and helps really ignite that passion you know what I mean and um, I always get my guys that like Come up, come up with a dish once every month, and they would try it, and they they get really excited. Even t- today with my sous chef Larry, come up with a dish, and we all came in and we all tried it, and he's absolutely buzzing. You know, it's just a, it's really nice to make them feel that they're not just your chef; they're yeah. a part of something. You know, and they matter. Yeah, that they're not just kind of living up to what your mind's created. Exactly, you know, exactly, and just mimicking what I do. You know, everyone's yeah. different. I think everyone's got value, no matter what position you are. So outside of, so, so you work here, but then you also do pop-ups. Yes, I am a sucker for punishment, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I just like to be busy. I like to be busy, I like to be going around. Um, and I also like a little pop-up. Just keep, get you out of the restaurant for a bit. Obviously, I love the restaurant, but it's nice to do something different. And no matter what restaurant you're in, you're always kind of a bit bound to what the restaurant kind of style is. Mm. And like if I do the close ties things or other pop-ups, I can completely go crazy with my creativity and just do whatever I want which is really quite freeing in a, in a way um, also it's just nice we have a little party after you know um, yeah I really really enjoy pop-ups so close ties isn't the only one you do um, close ties I also just like, do like I did a collab with um, Lewis the Haas at Crispin just myself um, I have got I'm doing a collab with 58 and Co gin company oh yeah um, um, Carmen O'Neill is an incredible um distillery out in Hagerson, fully like no waste it's crazy even her bottles like her, the labels are made from like excess grape skins it's crazy and um, so we're i'm gonna go do a little uh, dinner in her distillery um that's cool how yeah does that, how does that come about is that just from friends through friends and through the industry and like we kind of just got, got connected at an event and i went and saw her distillery and i was like this would be a beautiful place for a pop-up um so we're like let's do it you know what i mean so um i might be doing one in belfast um later on this year um, yeah, I like to be busy. How do you work out your menus for that? Are they always kind of similar or a little bit different? Um, it kind of depends on, um, I'll be honest with you, my creative process is very random. Like mm-hmm. I, well A, even when writing menus here, we'll leave it very last minute and be like, okay, shit, I need a menu, <laughs> I need a menu. And I will get all the books out. I always just look at what's in season and then have a massive play around. And with the events, I always just try to do something. I always try to be conscious with the pop-ups to do something different from the restaurant, you know, um, just to push myself creatively more than anything. And also to give people coming something new and that they haven't had before, you know. Um, I think it's important to keep, yeah, keep yourself on your toes, you know, more than anyone else. Like just keep pushing your own creativeness, you know. I'm going to have a wee bit of bread here, why not? <laughs> So nice. Thank you so much. Oh, for this, by the way. Yeah, something that I noticed when I went to your close ties pop up is that there were so many different age groups. Mm. How, why is that? Were you? Were they? Are they like 
people's parents? Did you know that it was going to be a lot different age groups? It, it was very eclectic at the one we were at, which was really, really great. Um, yeah. I think also through hospitality. Um, there's so many different people, different ages, and like mm. they all want to come and have a good time. Also, like, I when I do a close size event, I always bring one of my junior chefs along, as we had Addy, and I guess nice experience for them to get out of the kitchen too and like experience a little pop up. So she, uh, she brought yeah. her parents and stuff like that, um, which is really great. Yeah, That's so nice. Really, really good time. I had a really good time on it. It was yeah. bloody busy, but um, oh my god, it was so busy, but the food was so good. Thank you, thank you. I'm really so happy. Good. I was really happy with it. Um, mm. Also, Carousel's an amazing venue, um, and they've got like, it's just fully kitted out. You know, they've got everything. They do events there. Like my first couple of pop uh, close ties, they were in like, obviously when you're starting out, like the budget's really really yeah. small. So we were doing <laughs> it like in these kind of warehouses with kitchens, and I was like. I'd write this big ambitious menu and I'd be like, get there. And there's like one pot and a half broken oven. I'd be like, oh, how am I going to do this? You're but like, well, we li- going to have to change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's going to have to change. But, you know, you live and you learn, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. It was great. And the wine was good as well. Mm. You, um, Jake and Josh are really, really good at wine. Um, so they were two of my dear friends. We worked together at Trullo. Mm. Josh is now GM of Carousel. And... Uh, Jake is GM of Trudeau. So they just love natural wine. She just two guys love natural wine. And they, it was actually their idea was close ties. They just kind of wanted to bring in wine, food, and like a good dance and a good rave. So I thought it was a great idea. And I was like, right, let's do it. You know, I would love to do, I would love to do a pride one and just like yeah. have a big, good, gay, old party over pride. Close ties. It'd be great. <laughs> Speaking of pride. Yes. What is your sexuality? How do you find... Oh, I am gay under a Christmas tree. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, okay, early Christmas tree. Um, <laughs> How do you find that in in the kitchen? Such a, from my perspective, previously has been very male dominated. As mm-hmm. you said previously, it can be quite an intense, not particularly kind environment sometimes. Mm. And I feel like people often kind of have this certain image that a chef should be. One hundred percent. How do you find 100%. that? One hundred percent. Oh, how long you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why I think I was really terrified when I was younger of doing trial shifts because I hid, I hid it for years. Like I hid my sexuality and myself in kitchens for years and I kind of, I really played the part and I just, I kind of, there's a funny conversation to be had here because I kind of was telling myself, oh, they don't need to know this is my private life, blah, 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 blah. But also there's a conversation to be had of, I have privilege for I hate the word but like passing you know what I mean like I like was there like shame around was I just protecting myself or was I still a bit ashamed of myself a bit then um but yeah I found it very tough to in my early days of kitchens I, I just hit it I just didn't think people needed to know and then as I kind of grew up the ranks of Brit a bit it's quite hard to hide because I was I was, I was out in London and I was exploring myself and I was becoming camper and camper because I was just experiencing I was just like finding out who I was you know mm. and like I think there was definitely mm. a lot of places that um a lot of people that underestimated me because of it um or didn't see my that value part of yourself exactly you know, you're probably hiding other parts as well just lovely parts of your personality 100 percent. yeah and 100%. then I guess because you're spending so much time in the kitchen yeah they kind of you know automatically they are your friends a bit mm-hmm. and then if you're not telling your friends some of the biggest things about yourself some it got very jarring it got, very, it got quite confusing for me because I spent so much time in the kitchen 
and then I'm, you kind of live in this kind of double life a bit and then it kind of obviously that trickles into my outside life because I wasn't happy because of my work life was really really like hectic and I wasn't really being myself but I just made a conscious decision to be like fuck all that and fuck all these guys sorry excuse mm. my French <laughs> but and just really like be myself and actually I'll tell you what when I decided just to be like openly queer in kitchens is when I really found my true power I think like when I was hiding myself I was also hiding a lot of my talent and a lot of my people skills um, and when I fully just decided just to be myself I really flourished I really flourished it's when I went up the ranks with Angela that's when I moved over to be sous chef and like two of her restaurants like I had other people in the kitchen come out months later you know what I mean and it was just it was really really nice and I just um, it made for a different environment exactly and mm. I just yeah I really actually found when I decided to just be myself was I really flourished you know which is really nice you know mm. I was always was quite worried obviously you put that stress on yourself but um, I will say like there was definitely been experiences that I have felt undermined because I'm not what the ideal chef is you know um, but just cook them on the table you know what I mean that's fine yeah Have we, do you find that in your process of creating your team do you want there to be that diversity oh 100% I've got mm. like such a queer team at the minute it's great like it's not on purpose they, I don't feel like I just the gravity to me towards me I know we've <laughs> got such a queer restaurant it's great um, which just makes me really happy that I can have an, like regardless of like my, my experiences or anything like that just like to have a place where I can have a lot of queers come in and we cook amazing food and we have good time together and they feel fucking safe and they feel like they can be themselves I think is amazing you know and to be at the head of that makes me feel really like fulfilled mm. you know regardless of any accolades or anything like that like that really fulfills me just creating a good safe space for that yeah definitely and if you were going to create because you just said you wanted to do pop-ups yes about it what what do you think you do for the food what do you think you do for the oh I would, I would i would have it i would have dry queens left right and center <laughs> serving all of the food <laughs> i would have everyone up lip syncing i would probably lip sync after i'm cooking i would just do camp food i think my food's quite camp mm. anyway i'm not gonna lie like i love gay like i love using gay vegetables you know, like really colorful what are gay vegetables like really colorful radishes and like really like wonky veg like honestly nice. I, love, I love it I like using anything colourful I just love it amazing yeah I always go and do like Natura or like Keats Farm like, like what random funny vegetables have you got I'll put it on the menu <laughs> and they just send me like these long ass chunky crochets I'm like great get them on the menu great you're like perfect give perfect give, give it to me, me. <laughs> amazing and one thing that I ask about everyone is like yes. what where do you recommend in London to that's eat? a big Big statement, but oh. maybe not your favourites because I feel what like do that's I recommend? hard. Um, is this like restaurant or like bar? Just, just give me a few different. Okay, so best cocktail, my best I'll recommend is Satan's Whiskers Cocktail Bar. It's around the corner. It is the perfect place for a date night. Like if I am on a date there, even if I don't fancy them, I, I will snog you because it's just so dark <laughs> and it's like so dim, and I'm like, we're having a snog. I don't care. <laughs> It's so sexy. Um, <laughs> I went there recently and it's I, so, I agree. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And I just get a little corner, like a little table in the corner. Mm. You have a little sexy cocktails and mm. the cocktails are stunning. I also don't think they're really well priced as well. Like tenor cocktail, great. Um, and I always leave absolutely hammered. Um, 
food restaurant. Do you know what I love? I love Oren. I love Oren restaurant. I've never been. It's really beautiful. Um, really beautiful food. Um, what else have? What do I really recommend? Do you stick around? Kind of. I love East. East. If I if I don't have to leave East, I will be happy. <laughs> I don't like leaving my. I don't like leaving E one to be honest with you. <laughs> um, in the summer it's fine, but in the winter I'm like I don't even want to leave my street. Um, it's, so, it's so cold at the moment. Yeah. I'm just like, and here is great. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm ten minute walk from work, so it's just so handy. That's so I am a hermit when it comes to like January, <laughs> February. Like, don't even ask me to go and see. I don't care if it's your birthday or nothing. Like, I'm not going. <laughs> okay. So you just have to choose friends that don't have birthdays. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You have to basically, be a summer yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah, because. I hardly know any of the restaurants that are in. It's terrible, but I don't know many restaurants in South or West. I'm sorry, but like I don't. I, I'm sorry, but I just I just don't I'm go out bothered. that way. No. You know, it's also just the. I love going to new places, but yeah. am I going to take the the, the, the Hammer Smith and City line all yeah, no. the way to like Notting Hill even or something Cent- like that? Even like Central's a bit push for me. I will yeah. say this: a great restaurant is Rovi. Um, Neil John Campbell, who I used to. He was my head chef when I was at um, uh, Grain Store. He's such a fantastic chef. That's he where is I used to work. So, where? I used to work at Ruby. Well, did you? Yeah. Neil, I love Neil so He's much. Amazing. He's so, so, so nice. Such a legend. I had such great fun with him working with him at the Grain Store. Um, he's a funny fucker, isn't he? He's, he's so, so funny. funny. And he comes out with things randomly and you're just... Oh, it's so, <laughs> so funny. And I, I, I think he's just really talented. And this is flavour profile his palette it's amazing um, really clever chef mm. really clever chef what are some of your dishes that are on here or like what are your favourite dishes that you've ever done for your pop ups and stuff um, I loved my um, scallop and chicken skewer I was really happy with that with the mm. salsa matcha that was really really good um, I have on at the minute one of my desserts with people's flying it's not my favourite but it's flying out in the restaurant it's like ricotta fratelli donuts so it's like kind of like a fratelli yeah fratelli like a it's kind of like a carnival italian kind of pastry donut and i made like a chocolate and treacle sauce with blood orange and with mascarpone mm-hmm, that sounds so good yes yeah, good i mean when the guys make make it during service i always make them do an extra one i'm like <laughs> and i just literally have like six during service it's great <laughs> i'm stunning oh my gosh um what else have i loved i um i had a really nice sea bass crudo with calamansi and jalapeno emulsion which was really really great and, and I got really nice pig, braised pig cheek on at the minute with like anchovy emulsion and shallot salads I really like yeah nice yeah I love I love um, like winter food I love braising and like mm. warming food apart from winter yeah maybe autumn winter is my favourite food I just love it yeah 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 I agree like a good stew yeah no don't get me wrong when peas and all start coming in I lose my mm. shit with excitement I'm like oh my god great but there is something about like the winter food that's just like so wholesome that's why we cook at home like mostly like, stews and stuff like that you know um, do you cook at home a lot? I I do and I don't I don't love cooking for myself you know what I mean mm. but I love cooking for other people that's where my passion comes in like yeah. I so it's for myself like I'm quite basic when I cook at home also like I'm eating constantly like food with lots of vinegars and lots of oils and stuff like that and really rich foods it works so when I'm at home I do quite like eat just clean like literally like really really clean like really just vegetables oil nice protein nice mm. carb like really really clean um, and it's quite nice 
because you come in here and you've got some stuff vinegars and oils and all that yeah um but yeah my my passion for food is definitely cooking for other people you know it's like kind of nearly spiritual like breaking bread with someone you mm. know and being able to do that and like have friends over and do that it's just it's why i love my food obviously the produce and all that there but that, that's the main thing that really gets me about food it just brings people together you know do you have like a family meal here or how do you how do you do you star food and stuff we have um staff meal every day at 4 15 4 30 and i'm quite dreaded i'm quite generous with staff meal because a i want to eat good food i'm working hard if i want to order myself any little like omelet steak for staff i'm doing it like i'm so bad i don't know (laughs) michael do not listen to this sorry um i just think it's really important to nurture your team especially when you're working on your feet all day and night Mm. the weekends when we're open lunch i'll I'll make breakfast for everyone but 4 15 we do it every day and like I'll get the guys to be like, right, what do you want to make? I can I, what, you order in whatever you want. But then reason. Do you plan it for the week? Not really. We do it day by day. Mm. I have a lot of chefs that really like planning mm. food for the week. Because, like, we change our minds quite a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, oh, yeah, let's make this on Tuesday. And then it comes to Tuesday. But no, I don't want that anymore. You know what I mean? Um, so day by day, I'll just order stuff in. Proteins, veg, stuff like that. And let the guys go crazy. It's also nice for the young chefs to, like, kind of... Yeah, be a bit creative. Yeah, it's like, another way to yeah, make a dish. Do you want them? And we all have an amazing staff food. It's like it's really rewarding, you know. We also, I also make sure we all sit down together before service, and then then we have a briefing. It's nice just to sit down and like front of house, back of house, sit down, have a good meal, actually chit chat. Do you know what I mean? How are you mm-hmm. doing? What's happening? Blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Chew the fat a bit, and then get on the service. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many. I've noticed with restaurants, like so often people don't sit down. So often chefs no, don't have enough I time, know, it's and I just—it's just—I feel like if it's going to be your career for a long period of time, if you, you know, if you want chefs to, if you want to retain chefs, if you want a good 100%. team that is strong, you need to give them chef retention is that massive. Break. It is massive. It is so massive. I think. I think just looking after your t- looking after people is just part and parcel. Like obviously, like. There's lots of, I think, I'm trying to word this correctly, I think there's a lot of restaurants I find that are built in a way that their staff can't actually, like, sit down and enjoy themselves, you know what I mean? I think when you're planning a restaurant or, like, planning your opening or your prep or else, you're like, you have to factor in when are the staff going to have their breaks, when are they going to mm. sit down and have food. When are they going to come in if they're finishing at like two a if they're finishing at two a.m. When are they going to come in the next day? Like all those things needs to be considered because a lot of restaurants just open up and they're like, all right. We want six hundred covers a week. We need to make this amount of money get people in and then like there's no. Is it always an afterthought? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I'm I don't want to work like that. Like I've like I'm sorry, but I like I'm the first one to say like I like an easy life. Like I do not need to suffer. Like I don't. I don't want my team to suffer either. Like yeah. I just let's sit down, have our meal. Let's come in at ten o'clock if like if we need to. Like I, anything for an easy life. You know what I mean. I just think happy team, happy fucking happy day. You know what I mean. Like you. Yeah. If everyone's in a good mood, everything runs smooth, and I think that's that's the main thing I learned about becoming a manager, is that. I would stress out so much about how the restaurant is run and like this needs to be perfect, blah, 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 blah. And it all comes down to all those things will sort itself out if your team are happy. If your team are happy, every single thing in the restaurant will be grand. 
because you if a problem comes comes no one's stressed you're happy you can fix it you know what i mean um yeah the walls will still be standing but just make sure your team are happy yeah. and then you'll be happy yeah yeah, and you want them to be happy and healthy. Yeah, and I want I want to be happy. Like I don't want to be stressed. Yeah. If you're stressed, I'm stressed. Like don't, yeah. don't bring that on me. Yeah, Have your I food don't want that. sit down. Yeah, it will go into the food, and yeah. then and all the guests will exactly. be happy. <laughs> yeah, and I found that if you're working so many hours, your immune system is going to go down as well, 100. and then people will call in sick. People will be ill. Exactly, and then you're and then you're, then you're fat. Like yeah. also like in winter time, like I. Yeah, I ordered in like all the apple cider vinegar. I actually made a big giant like apple cider vinegar like shot for everyone to take in at winter time because last winter I got everyone got really really sick and I was like this winter it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, so no. I had like, all the fruits and veggies out, bananas, blueberry, everything. I was like, no one is getting sick. Like that's so good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, because you need that kind of thing, and I feel I feel like you need almost like because if you're spending that long with people, you need a family kind of atmosphere. Yeah. And yeah. you're basically the the mama hen. Exactly, and also like with staff food, like a lot of places just put pasta every single day, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat that every yeah. day. So like, you know, I'm like, get in that nice squash, get in that nice veg. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, but like you need it. <laughs> like I'm not gonna work five days a week, sixteen hours a day, it's just surviving pasta all day long. Like no. absolutely not. It's summer around the corner, I gotta look, gotta look good for summer. Look good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In January, like, how was it in comparison with December? December was um, really December busy? was December was nuts. Actually, this year it was a lot busier than last year for us. Um, in terms of parties, we had like three times as much parties um, this uh, in December there, which was hectic. Obviously, great for business. Mm. Um, really glad we did it. Takes a lot of planning and organizing. So actually, coming into January and it being quiet was really nice for me. Mm. Um, so my head could kind of settle a bit. Also, I went, I went home for Christmas and I didn't stop cooking and cleaning for three days. So I was like, and then yeah, I came yeah. back and worked New Year's <laughs> Eve and I got, we were so busy New Year's Eve. So like the first week, two weeks of January, I was like, I have not had any time off. I really need to rest. I'm really enjoying it being quite quiet. Yeah. With you. Yeah. Um, maybe like one more week and then like we can pick it up a bit. Yeah. And then, then, then people can talk. Maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have parties up here or just the yeah. whole thing? Get so here? both, like we have like, up here fits, I think 20 to 30. Yeah. Um, I think twenty two. I think twenty five is actually the max because we do sometimes do thirty, but it's a bit it's a bit crowded. Okay. Um, but you we also do like whole venue higher outs, and we have a lot of weddings here, and we have like, um, birthdays and stuff like that. People can like book out. Also in summer you can book out the terrace if you want. Um, but yeah, quite a lot of like we had a lot of like over Christmas whole venue hires. So wow. Yeah, like two for like we do like we rent out here for lunch, uh, the mezzanine, and then rent out downstairs for lunch as well. And then like dinner would be a whole venue hire out, and it's just like bloody busy. God, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. But then I easy, guess you easy. know, yeah, yeah I guess easy. you know what your how it's, many covers mm, when they're eating, all that kind of stuff. It's quite like it gets a bit hairy for about like an hour when they're all in. You're like shit, but after that, you're like okay, done. <laughs> and then you you know feed them some wine, and they're all a bit relaxed. Exactly. They're all having and fun. Get, and they're all celebrating. DJs and all in here for Christmas parties it was absolutely nuts. <laughs> that's wow. fun. Yeah, that's nice. You said that you work with a guy. So, so you're the you're the head chef. Yes, yes. But this is a, this isn't the only restaurant, right? There's a so bar? yes, there's a wine bar. So um, Michael Seger is the owner of the restaurant, and he also there's Seger Well Wine Bar, um, which is a fantastic wine bar just on Hackney Road. Um, they do a little bit of food. They do yeah, like some really nice toasties, um, burrata, anchovy stuff like that, um. Some amazing wines there. The staff there are really, really nice as well. Orsi runs a really nice um, wine bar there. 
but also Michael also owns uh, Equal Parts, which is on up the road a bit. Oh, it's yeah. a really nice cocktail bar. Kind of similar energy to Satan's Whiskers, but like more daytime. So like, yeah, Satan's Whiskers in the daytime. Uh, sorry, no, Equal Parts, daytime. Satan's Whiskers in the nighttime. Okay. Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. day. And then um, Bar Bruno, which is opening next week, is a little bottle shop wine bar opening in Victoria Park Village. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and I think they'll do like small bits of food there, but I just kind of work here, to be honest with you. Um, probably enough just to do my bits here. Do you get um, a nice little discount? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Always good for wine. Yeah, it's always good. And every time I give like, my family or whatever over, I always bring them here. It's quite nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's lovely. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, because yeah, I've just started, I've started working for a hotel, and it's very different. Because I don't get the... Because before I was working for um, the Woodhead Group, like mm-hmm. Quality Shop House. Oh, amazing. Portland, places like that. Yeah. And that was so nice because I I love there. Portland. It's probably one of my favourite restaurants. Really? Yeah. My friend, Joy Lynch, is a sous chef there. Amazing. I, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he did... I was stalking um, the Close Ties yes, Insta. Yes, we, we did one before. Nice. We, yeah, we did one in... Um, it was in Fair. Um, venue in Fair up in uh, New Old Street. Um, yeah, but he's a sous in Portland. Such a gorgeous restaurant. Yeah, it was so good. Like, their little snacks. Mm. Stunning. Mm. So tasty. So tasty. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the things that... Now I'm living in London and kind of exploring the areas and stuff, I feel like some restaurants have snacks, like little snacks yeah. at the beginning, and they're all so Oh, it gets you going, doesn't it? It yeah. gets you going. I might see if you give me a snack. Like, you're, I'm yours all night. Like, I'm yeah. yours like, all night. Yeah. Like, it's done. Like, and also, it's they're just game a flavor over. bomb. Yeah. Um, I went there for my birthday last year. And they, they came over with this like bottle of wine. Obviously, I knew Joey, so it was like mm-hmm. nice. But then they give me a card signed by the whole kitchen team. I was like, this is adorable. Oh, that's so yeah, sweet. Yeah, and then like, they, they give me snacks. So I was like, okay, wait, I'm yours all night. Done. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. And to finish off, yes. one of the questions I always ask is, so if you were talking to someone who was just starting out, maybe they are a chef, maybe they're front of house, what, would you, what advice would you give them? make sure you absolutely love it make sure it is especially for a kitchen um, I can only really speak in that point of view but if you live and breathe it do it there's so many other avenues within food you need food styling stuff like that and if you feel like that's more your avenue do that like kitchens are tough and I will say that like, I have kitchens are tough I run a very very nice kitchen I like to think and, um, but you know there's still long hours part and parcel of the job um, but you, I would just say make sure it's really what you want to do and if it's what you really want to do you'll find it so rewarding mm. and um, in a way like this may be a bit off topic but like I'm someone that has quite a noisy head and when I come in to work in the kitchen I'm here for if I'm in here from 10am to 11 o'clock at night I find it so healing so I just, I just come in here and I cook and I leave everything at the door and I come in and just cook all day long and it's just it's great there's no time to like overthink or anything like that like so I find kitchens quite healing in that way as well um but yeah I would just say make sure you, you absolutely love it it's definitely what you want to do um yeah it's such a good way to express yourself food and the the people you meet here like it's just amazing like chefs who are, like I like I work with Dara and Trulo she's now doing her amazing thing at um, Tiela like She's a friend for life, you know? Like, I've met friends for life through this industry, and it is really fantastic and really rewarding. Yeah. 
Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for the food. Delicious. Crack on as well. Absolutely crack on. Thank you. A big thanks to Dermy for giving me his time and filling up my belly with some lush scram. For regular updates on Scoop Podcasts, follow me at Stella Gent on Instagram.